Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 54 of Revelation chapter 14. And we're continuing to look at the last verse in chapter 14, verse 20. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Now, last time we were looking at the Greek word stadion, which is the word translated as furlongs. And we saw it's found six times in the Bible. And we looked at each place it's found. Five times it's translated as furlongs. And one time as race. I want to turn back there to 1 Corinthians 9. And I'll read again in this passage beginning in verse 24. Know ye not the day which run in a race. And that's the, the Greek word. Um, translate as furlongs elsewhere. They which run in a race run all. But one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I. Not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And what's um, key here is running in a furlong or a race in order to receive the prize, to obtain it, and God says it's an incorruptible crown. That is the prize. Now, as soon as we read incorruptible, we know it must be talking of eternal life. And let's look at the word uh, translated as incorruptible and see a few other places it's used. One place is First Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you and now notice that the inheritance the incorruptible undefiled one that does not fade away which um, is uh, exactly what the point that God's making in first Corinthians 9 where they they received a, a um, uh, a crown, but it's a corruptible crown, and it will fade away. Well, notice that this inheritance is reserved in heaven for you. And that means it's not just salvation of the soul. Because while we're on earth, God has saved his people, given us a new heart and a new spirit. And that's part of the glorious and wonderful salvation that he has granted and freely given to his elect people, but it's not the whole. It's basically a down payment. It's the earnest of the Spirit. And 
The rest is yet to come. God still must complete the salvation by saving the physical body and and by giving a new spiritual body to each one of his people. And then he must complete it further by giving a, a place to live forevermore, the new heaven and new earth. And all this is in view with the incorruptible inheritance. Now in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, um, I'll read verse 42, and then we'll skip down a bit. 1 Corinthians 15, 42, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. And, and that is God saves us. He sows the seed of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, Within the the physical body um, of man, right now, if we're alive on the earth, physically our bodies are seeing corruption, but but inwardly we have a new soul and spirit, and that is the seed that God has sown, and that is what He will raise in incorruption, and and that means. That again, it's pointing to the end of the world because that's the day of the resurrection and, and, and the day of the rapture for those saints that happen to be alive and living on the earth when Christ completes this day of judgment. And all right, let, let's read a little more here in 1 Corinthians 50 in verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. And it, it's very direct and, and um, very um, clear that God is indicating that the time of receiving the incorruptible crown, which is what First Corinthians nine is uh, is speaking of. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. That is, mankind keeps their body under will be very disciplined in their life. They'll watch the things they eat. They'll watch the things they do. As far as drinking and smoking, they 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 will be um, um, very much under restraint of their will, but they're not doing it in order to serve God because God says that um, we we should live live a sober life and 
and we should not kill and therefore not smoke, which is killing our body, or they're not going to do these things, such as um, watch the things they eat, because God says, if you be a man given to appetite, put a knife to thy throat. No, uh, it's not uh, in response to the commandments of God, but it's out of their own lusts and desires for glory and for being lifted up amongst their peers, their fellow man. And 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 so they have their reward. They'll, uh, uh, some uh, obtain that prize, but it's, it's a corruptible prize. It's a temporal thing. And soon the the cheers died down and the uh the the crown fades away but as far as the child of god it's an incorruptible crown it is a new resurrected body an eternal spiritual body that will never die uh, that that will live forever in a new creation that God will give each one of his people. This is your inheritance. Remember when the Israelites entered into the promised land of Canaan and once the uh, land was subdued and, and the nations conquered, then Joshua uh, gave the inheritance by lot to each of the tribes. And then within the tribe, land was allotted to all the families of that particular tribe. And that's the idea. Here is the promised land of the kingdom of God. And and on that day we enter in, and all the promises of God have now come to fruition, been fulfilled. God has shown himself true and faithful. And here you are. And and here is your eternal inheritance, eternal life, and a portion forever of this tremendously glorious kingdom that God has built and and God has um, uh, made for His people. And this is all part of an incorruptible crown. Now, just one other. Uh, verse concerning the crown in James James chapter 1 it says in verse 12 blessed is the man that endureth temptation or trial for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him Now again, the crown of life, the crown that is incorruptible that we, we've seen through this language in other places ties in with the resurrection and that ties in with the last day. And, and notice God says in James 1.12 that blessed is the man that endures temptation for when he is tried or once he is tried. When the period of trial has ended and come to a close, then he will receive the, the crown of life. He will receive the incorruptible crown. Now, that's significant because we have learned 
that as we're now presently living on the earth in the day of judgment, that God is trying his people by fire, spiritual fire. He's, he's putting the fire to all to see whether or not we're gold, silver, precious stones, which would be true believers, or wood, hay, stubble, which would be unbelievers and burn up at, uh, during this period of judgment day. But the gold, silver, precious stones will endure the fire. They'll endure the trial. And at the end of the trying period, which will be the, the conclusion of judgment day, they will receive the crown of life. They will receive the incorruptible crown. So we can see how the incorruptible crown, the the resurrected body and all that accompanies it, lies at the end of this world, the end of God's wrath, the end of judgment day. And 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 that helps us to understand that when the Lord says, Know ye not, in first Corinthians nine twenty four that they which run in a furlong run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. That this furlong which we are to run in, as God speaks to each one individually, each one personally, as I read it, he's speaking to me. As you read it, he's speaking to you. And you are to run in the furlong, in order to receive the prize and obtain that incorruptible crown, I am encouraged to run in the furlong to likewise receive the incorruptible crown. It's spoken to all of his people very personally, very directly to each one of us, and we are called upon to run to run the furlong and to keep our eyes on the prize, to forget those things which are behind, as Philippians 3 said, and press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, the prize of eternal life. There's nothing comparable, nothing on an even setting with eternal life. It is the greatest of all possible prizes that lie before us. The only thing required, of course, is is to run uh, as God commands to run. And uh, it's interesting, when we look at the Bible, and the Bible is a book of hidden truth, and and we can never assume that a word means what we think a word means, or what we would define a word to mean, or what our um, earthly vocabulary would define it to mean, or our earthly language, the Webster's definition of a word is not the biblical definition of a word. In order to understand the word run, we don't just pull upon or, or draw upon our own experiences and think, well, I know what it means. It means when you you start moving your legs very fast and 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 you're running quickly somewhere. Well that's our earthly definition, but what is the Bible's definition? 
and God does define what he means by run in Psalm 119. It says in verse 32, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. I will run the way of thy commandments. That is, I will keep thy commandments and, and once the Lord has revealed a commandment and opened up our understanding to the meaning of that commandment or that word, then to run the way of the commandment shows an eagerness, a desire that is coming forth from the heart to do the will of God. We do find also that the Lord speaks of running in the context of the time of the end. In Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2, it says, beginning in verse 2, And Jehovah answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, he shall speak and not lie. Though he tarry, wait for him, because he will surely come, he will not tarry. Now I replace the uh, pronoun with the masculine because it is referring to God and God is masculine. It is the Holy Spirit. It is he, not it. And and as this verse is quoted uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, we know that that's correct because uh, it says in Hebrews 10.37, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. So there God does use the masculine pronoun he. And it's speaking of the end when the word of God will speak and God the Holy Spirit will speak once God unseals the Bible as he said to Daniel seal up the word until the time of the end and at the time of the end the Bible is unsealed and now God reveals understanding to his people concerning many important spiritual things, including the duration of the Great Tribulation, the appointed day of judgment, and so forth. And this is what verse 2 had in, in mind when it said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables. And tables would relate to the Ten Commandments. were written upon tables of stone. Write the vision indicates the Word of God written upon tables, also points to the Word of God, and and it's to be made plain. That is, it's not to be hidden any longer, it's not to be sealed up, but it is to be uh, brought to the minds of the people of God, and they are to discern both time and judgment. The Lord God will reveal His secret unto His servants, the prophets. The wise will understand, but none of the wicked. And that's what God is saying. But notice, it goes on to say that he may run that readeth it. And I think that that is um, 
directly referring to the information God opened up during the Great Tribulation, especially concerning the approaching Day of Judgment on May 21, 2011. And as God revealed that information, he stirred up his people to a tremendous degree to perform uh, all sorts of spiritual activities and bringing that message to the eyes of the people of the world, putting it right before them so they could not ignore it or dismiss it or avoid it. It was it was everywhere, and that was due to the people of God running the way of his commandments in obedience, that he may run that readeth it. And, and so the Lord's people um, were able to read and comprehend the things that God had said. And then as a result, they ran with the message, with, with tremendous eagerness and out of a desire to be a faithful watchman. And they blew the trumpet to warn the people of the approaching sword of the wrath of God, the coming day of judgment. Now, it, it's also true that God speaks of running in Judgment Day itself. And I think that's especially what 1 Corinthians 9 is focused on, that uh, know ye not that they which run in a furlong, as the 1600 furlongs would begin on May 21, 2011, it would be the final leg as it's put in um, races, or as they talk about running a race, they speak of that last lap as the final leg. It, it would be the end of the the race that the people of God, Christians, would run in this world. And at the end of the furlong, and when we reach, uh, in all likelihood, the 1600th furlong, the 1600th day, which will also be the 10,000th day, the completion of the Day of Judgment, on October 7th, 2015, which is the last day of harvest, the last day of tabernacles. And remember how God uh, speaks of tabernacles, the last day, and uses that phrase, last day, also to speak of the last day of resurrection. And the, the phrase is found eight times in the Bible, and twice it refers to the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, and the other times to judgment on the last day, or the day of resurrection on the last day. And what comes at the day of resurrection? The incorruptible crown. And that would mean that's the end of the race. That is when the crown is received, when the people of God obtain it. And yet, we must run in order to reach it. Now, in Joel, in the book of Joel, in Joel chapter 2, the Lord is uh, giving us a parallel passage to Revelation 9. He speaks of his great army that is bringing uh, judgment as, as the believers come with Christ. The Lord comes and all the saints with him. And it says, for instance, in Joel 2, verse 1, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm, 
from my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of Jehovah cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess and so forth. Then, in verse 4, the appearance of them is is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen, so shall they run. Now keep in mind, we're looking at the idea of running, and, and we're to run in the furlong. And here God is speaking of his His people, uh, this great army, and he's saying they'll have the appearance of horses and as horsemen, so shall they run. Notice the number of times that phrase will be used in the following verses. Verse 5, like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. Before their face the people shall be much pained, all faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men, they shall climb the wall like men of war, and they shall march everyone on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks, neither shall one thrust another, they shall walk everyone in his path, and when they fall upon the sword they shall not be wounded, they shall run to and fro in the city, they shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. And then verse 10 tells us when this happens. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark. And the stars shall withdraw their shining. And that's the verse that's the important time reference. Because Matthew 24:29 tells us when... The tribulation's over immediately after the sun is darkened and the moon will not give its light. So it's Judgment Day, May 21, 2011, and then this great army of God will go forth and they shall run. Four times in Joel 2, in the verses I read, that phrase was used. They shall run. And and uh, why are they running? Is it is it just we're to picture in our mind's eye um, an army running? No. We're to look up that word. What does that mean to run? I will run the way of thy commandments. They are running according to the will of God as he reveals the righteous judgment of God in the day of wrath, as Romans 2.5 tells us, as God has continued to open the scriptures to reveal that we are to publish these things to proclaim Babylon's fall, to prophesy again to all the nations and and people of the world. That's why four times as they shall run, because four is a universal. It points to the four points of the compass, north, south, east, and west. All the people of God, all over the earth, the great multitude, this word is for them. They are all a part of his great army. Now it's, uh, we're running out of time, but just, um, also in Revelation 9, concerning the locusts, we read in verse 7, and the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions, and they had breastplates, as were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. 
They're running in the day of judgment. God's people, who are typified by the locusts, typified by the great army in Joel 2, will run in judgment day. We're running the furlong. We're running the race. And we have great hope and expectation that at the finish line, at the completion of the last furlong, finally lies the incorruptible crown of eternal life. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.